Welcome to Authentic the Podcast. My name is Glenn Manton. 24 hours ago, I shared three questions with my guest ahead of this podcast. Each question was taken directly from the pages of my book, Authentic. I asked my guest to write one word or more in response to each question without prescription or provocation. I am unaware of my guest's responses and look forward to exploring her answers as we sit in an old EJ Holden by the water in Williamstown. My guest's name is Serena. Serena, welcome. Hello. You're very softly spoken, Serena. I can tell that already, but I've got a funny feeling you might have some interesting stories for me. And I will note to our listeners that you've already got your mobile phone out. Mm-hmm. You're, I think you're a bit of a techno head, but I'm not sure if that's true or not. So we'll explore these questions <laughs> with you and find out just where your head and heart lay. Now, we're down by the water here in Williamstown. Is that a usual place for you to hang out? Uh, yes, actually. Ooh. I have a cool little hangout spot down in Frankston where I like to go and read. Ah, yeah. So you hang out by the water quite often. Yeah. And what are you reading by the water? Um, right now I'm reading Awakening to Your Life's Purpose. And I forgot the author's name, but it's an awesome book about spirituality and waking up to your life's purpose and being deep and meaningful in your life and your endeavors. And Ooh, I'm almost really nervous cool. to interview you. <laughs> you have been roped into this interview today yes. via the producer, Nathan Smart, who's very good at not only producing great podcasts and television media content, but also attracting interesting people. So I'm <laughs> going to be very curious as to how you go about answering these three questions. And you know what? Let's just jump straight into it. Cool. I could start anywhere with you, and it seems to be a regular starting spot, but on this occasion, I feel like it's a fresh start with someone whom I've never met. I'm going to ask you, what is your most treasured possession? My most treasured possessions would be my Whoa, journals. whoa, whoa, whoa. Possessions. Yes. Possessions. More than one. More than, more than one. one. Am I allowed to do one? Yeah, you can go more, more than, than one. one. I'm... I'm very keen cool. to hear. So you said journals. Yes, journals and my memory shoeboxes. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Memory shoeboxes. Yes. What's a what's a memory <laughs> shoebox? I can understand what a journal is. Memory shoebox? Never heard of it? Um, basically, it's just a shoebox of all the things that people have given to me in the past and things that I've made or even like little pamphlets or like cinnamon tickets or maybe some like excerpts of poems from just everywhere. Just like little things and reminders of like what I've been through or like the people that I was with at the time. And these are your most treasured possessions for what reason? Um, I like to, some days, usually my Sundays, where I like to just look back on all the things that I've done, where I've decided to collect little things from when I was 15, 16, and that's when I was um, going through a lot of heavy stuff. So I had to, it was kind of like I had to clung onto those things to kind of keep me through, to keep me going. And um, there's one quote they ri- they've written down. It's, you can never look into the future, but you can always look back on your tracks and your progress. Hmm. I have to ask, is that something you do? You look, you look back a lot? Yes, I do. I like to look back. Um, I don't really... Uh, look at it in a way of changing it's more like valuing the past and kind of using the lessons that I've learned to implement my like the future that I'm going through so what happens because you mentioned that you had some heavy stuff happening around 15 16 we might get to that in a moment but Mm -hmm. what happens when you look back into the past and you come across stuff that you're not so happy to uh, remember 
it changes from time to time. I usually, sometimes I'd look at it in a way that it's like, well, I don't know, that's a really hard one because right now when I look back on what I was going through in 15, 16, it's like, oh, that was so naive of me. I thought that the world was ending right under my feet, mm-hmm. but it was just a bad day or the people that I was hanging out with were, real, were really crappy and like the way it looks on life, blah, blah. But there are other times where I'm like, oh, that could happen again or... You know, those people could come back into my life that could affect me in that way. I should really be wary of that. So it changes from time to time. Well, I think I have to ask, what was happening when you were 15, 16? Um, so at that time, I lost my best friend who meant everything to me. And she was kind of going through her, her own thing. And she wasn't really helping me with my problems. And they lost um, a guy that I was really like in love with at the same time and I was going through a lot of teen angst on top of that as well which Mm -hmm. kind of didn't help the situation at all and then there were things happening back at home that kind of affected me as well so it was all just happening from everywhere and um, at that age you don't really know whether you're going to make it or not or that you're going to survive that or not and so yeah and I was very dramatic as a teenager as well so you were dramatic yes Bit yes. of a drama queen. I was a bit of a drama queen, I will admit. So I have to, again, keep digging back into the past because we've only just met one another. Yeah. You said you lost a boyfriend. I'm assuming this is just a, 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 a relationship that just fell apart, a teenage yeah. relationship. Yeah. Sounds like you lost yourself in part. Yes, You were definitely. struggling to find who you were. I'm curious. You used the word lost against this girlfriend. Lost in terms of the relationship dissolved or something more uh, unfortunate and darker happened? Um, it was just a loss of friendship. Loss of friendship. Yeah. And, and how did you cope with that? Because that is a critical time. You're accumulating all sorts of uh, knowledge about the world around you. But, of course, you want to hang on to the friends around you as mm. well. How did you go from having this close friendship to moving past this person? And, again, going back to the question, how did these memory shoeboxes, these journals, how did they help you? So how I overcome that loss I kind of tried to pull all the love that I already had with my other friends mm-hmm. um, back into my life because when you have a best friend, especially at that age, you always focus on that one best friend or that best friend is everything to me, blah, blah, blah. And from that on, and still now, um, you can have pocket of friends everywhere you go. You can have, like with Nathan, I work with him and we do music together and we do all these amazing projects and then I have other friends who I can just talk deep and meaningfully to and go down to the beach and we hang out and we watch the sunset and I have other friends who you just have a fun time, you get drunk and and so that was a very valuable lesson for me to learn is that you don't have the one ultimate person your whole life. You can mm-hmm. have different, you know, people in your life for different things and that's okay. For sure, for sure. So, so yeah. I'll, I'll interrupt you again. If you were doing really, really well at the moment, and I hope you are, Mm. how many friends do you think someone doing well at your age, and we haven't discovered how old you are, we'll find that out later in the podcast, how many friends at your age do you think someone doing well would have? Um, I I would say I could count them. I won't give a number because it's really hard, but I can count them on my thing. On your hands? On my hands. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So roughly around 10 friends, you'd be yeah. doing very, very well. And yeah. if we project you to the age of 40 or the age of 60, whatever it may be, 
again, what number of friends do you think you'd be having there, really good friends, yeah, really to be friends. doing well? It's really hard to say at that point because so many things happen to you, of course. in your life and um, up until 40, but I would hope that the same friends they have now would continue So roughly somewhere between 1 and 10. Yeah. You don't yeah. imagine it getting up to 20 or 30 friends? Um, no, because in, are they really friends at all when you have 20, 30 friends? Because you only have 24 hours in a day. How are you going to sure. balance all your time? And I, I find it hard now to balance my time with everybody who's my friend right now and everybody who's important to me. So I would really struggle if I had 20 or 30 friends. Well, the reason I ask you, and it is a little bit of a giveaway to our listeners, but we will clarify it towards the end of this particular podcast, is because you are a younger woman. Mm-hmm. And in this day and age, and uh, the fact that you do have your phone right on your lap right now, there is an inclination for me to think that you're obsessed with social media, you're obsessed with mm-hmm. followers, you're mm-hmm. obsessed with the numbers seems to me thus far that the numbers aren't that important to you it's more the quality yeah definitely definitely always about the quality it's not and especially with um my artistry and like my blogs and stuff I don't care how many people read it it's who reads it Mm -hmm. and who you know can take whatever I write and whatever I produce into something that can be valuable in their life sure like I want to write things that kind of resonate some deep and meaningful aspects in their life to someone else but I also want to write music and stuff like that for people to understand me and how I work and how complicated but also simple I can be. Sure I'm starting to understand that already I'm seeing some complexity (laughs) but also a want to be simplistic so let's go back to the journal go back to the memory box Mm -hmm. I think the memory box concept makes complete sense you've got a series of bits and pieces I'll call them that you've acquired from different sources and you're storing them in a box Mm. and you're reflecting upon them on occasion fair fair summation yeah yeah I'm interested in the journal yeah is this one word a hundred words a particular topic do you do it every day if I saw it would I be horrified at what I was reading would you be horrified if I read it um yes you would be horrified if you read it and I am also still horrified of what I wrote because why would I be horrified it's just when you're in your when you're writing things down and you're angry and you're upset it's the only thing that you can turn to without you know it having a backlash or anything like that mm-hmm. you just write and you mm-hmm. just write whatever is on your mind whether it's like the most scariest deep darkest thing ever you just write it down because no one's going to read it because you hope that no one's going to read it mm-hmm. and um yeah and it can be it can range from like three pages to even five when mm-hmm. i was really angry one time i wrote 10 pages and mm-hmm. that was when i was like on a round trip to england <laughs> right so it yeah yeah. So your question. the the darkness that you write about, are you afraid to write about the darkness? No. I still write about that now, but um no, I've always liked to embrace the dark side of me and the kind of the ugly parts of me and kind of make that into a nurturing space where I can grow from. And I think that's what I've yeah, and that's kind of like what I'm trying to do with my music where I'm kind of just trying to take all the shitty things from my life and just make that into something that's not so shitty and it can be turned into a beautiful thing. I'm interested in your opinion. We see a young lady walk down the street 
in 2017, she looks pretty, she's dressed well, etc., etc., would you expect that she has some serious darkness? Oh, definitely. Everybody everybody has some serious darkness going on. Um, it's whether to what extent they know that they have that or to what can extent Can you clarify what you that. just said? What extent they know? Yeah, they what know. What do you mean by that? It. As in, like, when you think about things, because the mind is a constant thinking machine, and when, you think, and when you're really tired and you don't have any tolerance of, or control of what you think about, and just thoughts pass, but subconsciously you don't know that that's like kind of a deeper meaning or a deeper sense of what you actually think of the concept you just kind of you just think it and you just think oh well that was a really weird thought oh I'm just gonna quickly go on about my day and not think about that at all because that was really weird and if anybody knew that oh so I think everybody whether they know it or not they have this really dark and even ugly thing that's going on but that's just because like humans I feel and I believe that we're all like by nature a little bit messed up and it's just whether how we handle that because everybody has like a happy side or they have like this really sad side and it's what you feed from that kind of I don't know dictates how you live your life I have to ask again. I'm I'm so <laughs> fascinated. You said you feel like we're all messed up, messed up by the choices we make, the environment we have been born into, how we live our life according to our family. What what? Give us a quick snapshot as to what's messing us up. I think it could be anything. It could it, yes, it could be environment. It could be appearance. It could be because if a child that gets praised too much can be messed up. Sure. Because if you say, "Oh, go for the stars," and that person, and that child gets backlash, and she and you're, I don't know, and you're constantly telling them, "Oh no, keep going for the stars." Like that's really good. That's really good praise. But that child will never know another way and how to kind of recover from that. So, and also with environment. Um, it's social media. It's what you see. Um, if you see a pretty girl with a thin waist, but it's all photoshops, then you're subconsciously like, oh, maybe I should go to the gym to train for that thin waist or to, you know, eat less or eat more. And that's not psychologically messing you up, but it's kind of like putting ideas into your head that you don't really. Sometimes another thing that I'm trying to, I'm going off topic, but another no, thing fine. that I'm trying to practice is detach myself from ideas, from mainstream ideas, or even my ideas from my parents or my friends I don't really like, because I don't necessarily have to follow that, because I'm, well, I can't say my age, but <laughs> I've grown up now, I feel like I can kind of live my life the way I want to, but sure. in the most genuine and purest way. You know when people say, oh, I want to live my life the way I want to, but you're still doing the things that your parents told you to do and you're mm -hmm. still having anxieties about tomorrow and what you're going to do. Like, I want to live my life in the most purest sense and I've forgotten about the question that you've just asked. No, it's interesting. Well, the question, was, the question was, what is your most treasured possession? And I think you answered that succinctly when you said it's your journals and it's also your memory shoeboxes. And I think our listeners can easily understand your answer to that. Some of what you're talking about now, I think we'll be able to flesh out as we continue the podcast, yeah. which I wish to do with a question I think you'll probably find quite easy. In fact, I think a lot of our previous uh, interviewees have enjoyed this question and found it an easy question to come at. Uh, I think you'll particularly find it uh, simple. Influential song, music, artist. Who was it? Who is it? Is there a lyric? Tell us a little bit about it. 
It would have to be my ultimate favourite song and favourite John Mayer song is Gravity. John Mayer? Yes. John Mayer. Now, tell us a little bit about John Mayer. We have to assume that some of our listeners are unfamiliar. So, John Mayer is... I don't really know. He's kind of like a neo-soul, rock, also country-esque artist. And um, a really big thing about him is that he went through an ego death in his career where he was just too good and he thought that he was too good and his ego got the better of him and the better of his music. And so he wasn't into drugs, he wasn't into drinking, he wasn't into any of that, but he felt like he had to go to rehab in order to kind of keep his ego in check because that was ke- that was what was keeping him back as a person but also as an artist. And that to me is just so interesting and so fascinating an that, ego death yeah an ego death i've never heard that term used before now we we just simply cannot sit on all topics at all times but can i ask if our listeners maybe even googled ego death do you think they'll find some information about that yes definitely okay so ego really. death if you're listening you might like to just jot that down ego death because i think it's quite an interesting term mm. so this song gravity we've just had a plane fly over the top of us here and I'm very, very grateful that gravity hasn't uh, taken effect on that plane and sent it plumbing to, plummeting to Earth. Tell us, what's the song about? Um, so, firstly, that's my favourite quote of it is, keep me where the light is. And so that's kind of like the basis of the song is. Um, there's also another lyric where um, men who are greater than me have fallen or something like that. Um, but basically, it's just not letting things kind of pull you down like even Mm -hmm. things that seem so big and so like oh I'm not going to survive this but also like when you look back back later on it's like the most mediocre thing sure and um like this to me is kind of like a reminder that it's not a bad life it's simply just a bad day and yeah and so also it's like in the most purest form and my understanding of it is that um the world is a crappy place, but you don't have to be a crappy person. You can kind of just grow from that and not have to be that person. And so when I listen to that song in my car and I'm like, oh, it's been a long day and I'm tired and so many bad things, like a customer at work didn't smile at me or like just like little things that get to you when you're tired and you're just like kind of given up in society and you're like, oh, why? Um, it's just a nice reminder that, well, you don't have to be like that and you don't have to let that annoy you or... Is this song a once a day job or once a week or once in a blue moon? How often are you listening to this? Um, just whenever I'm feeling down, so hopefully not too much. <laughs> okay, so it's a bit of a go-to song when, yes, when times definitely. are tough. Yes, definitely. Okay, and those lyrics, it was curious. Your first comment about the lyrics, you were very sure about the first lyric that you wanted to share and then kind of unsure about the the second lyric it didn't seem to mean as much to you so i believe the first lyric that you you referenced was keep me where the light is that seemed to mean a lot to you but your second reference to the song didn't seem to mean Mm. so much is Mm. is that because you know you've been listening to this song for so long or it's it's just become a part of you that you know it's it's just not something that you think about in a in a deep nature anymore um when I listen, so Keep Me Where The Light is, that little verse is kind of at the end of the song, and my favourite part of the song is when he just goes crazy in the guitar, and he's just like, Keep Me Where The Light Is, Keep Me Where The Like, oh, so beautiful, because he just goes at it. I think that's why that's so important to me, and so um, kind of prominent to me, is because that's my favourite part of the song. Sure. Yeah. 
cool. Yeah. Is there a pump-up song within you? Is there something that you turn to as a pump-up, you know, daily life's getting a little bit tough? Because it seems like this John Mayer track is something that's reserved for a slightly... Very sombre. <laughs> exactly. Slightly more uh, downtrodden um... times. Are you the sort of person who would throw on a particular song to uh, get you through the, the end of a tough day? Oh, or? yeah, definitely. Uh, at the moment, because it changes from time to time, um, is a Gang of Youth song. Mm-hmm. And um, it's called What Can I Do If The Fire Goes Out? And that just gets me going. It's so good. I just wake up in the morning and that's the first thing I want to hear is just that because um, the first intro of the song is him just going crazy on guitar again. And I love guitarists. I love when people go crazy on guitar and they just go, oh, it's amazing. Um, yeah, so that would be my pop-up song, definitely. So what sort of genre of music are you into, if anything at all, or is it right across the spectrum? Because looking at you, to be honest, looking at you here tonight, even though it's pretty dark in the old EJ now that Daylight Savings has shifted, you look kind of a bit like a little hip-hop sort of a chick. I'm guessing that's probably not the case, though. Um, It it can be the case. I am... uh, I love all music. Um, Thrash death metal is at the top of your list of enjoyment. Maybe not thrash death metal, but I okay. wish I got into that stuff because I heard that their concerts are like awesome, and then they go through the, like this whole death wall and people get slammed, but they go crazy and it's amazing. So I, I wish I was like a death metal fan, but I'm just I'm, I, I can't, can't imagine. I that. don't. I can't. I dig can't it. imagine that. I, I think that it. would be highly surprising. And our producer's <laughs> also rolling his eyes. And I'm not <laughs> sure that he would also be there with you. I don't no. think Justin would be uh, in in that space. Uh, in terms of our next uh, podcast, uh, <laughs> I guess, partner or his brother Chris. So it's, it's really covered off everyone I can think of tonight. <laughs> so whether it's Nelson Twins or Nathan, our producer, or yourself, or, or myself, I don't think anyone's putting their hand up for, no. uh, for death metal. And uh, yeah. by the way, you may still get roped into our next podcast tonight, which of course <laughs> is the last line of defence. But awesome. football aside, because I know you're not much of a football fan, because mm-hmm. I did ask that off air, I will ask you, what advice would you give a younger you? So, I've written it down. You have written it down? Yes. It's illuminating quite brightly off your <laughs> iPhone there. You've gone to a lot of trouble to write the answer yes. to this. What have you got? Um, so, uh, number one mm-hmm. is just... Oh, hang on. So, you've got multiple yes, pieces. Yes, How many pieces? What can we prepare ourselves for? Three advice. Three pieces of advice. Three pieces All right, of advice. go for it. Yeah. So, uh, just live... Uh, and in fact, make mistakes as many as you can because it keeps you on your toes. <laughs> and it's okay to make the same ones until you get it right. And it's also okay to be the type of person who will break their back ten times before you learn not to do a backflip. Okay. That's that was the first one. that was one piece of advice. That was one piece of advice. <laughs> okay, so I have to ask again: You've broken your back ten times doing the same backflip. Uh, metaphorically. I understand that. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Would that not be frustrating to watch somebody do that? Oh, definitely. Um, especially my two best friends who are like absolute rocks. Also, Nathan, he's heard this as well. Um, where I, where I'll just talk about the same problem again and again. And I'll be like, yeah, okay, that's great. And they're such great supports because it's literally the same thing that's happening again. But like, to me, it seems new because it's coming back to me and it's doing, and it's happening again, but in a different angle. Give us your latest problem that's revolving. Oh, 
Um, just a, just a word for it. If it's boys, if it's work, if it's social, just give us one word that hits it up. Boys. Boys. Yep. One word is boys. Boys. And do you think boys. people, with all due respect, do you think people get bored of hear you, hearing you talk about the fact that you're struggling with boys over and over and over again? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah? Yeah. So no, I don't blame them. <laughs> the reason you keep turning to them and talking about boys? Um, it's because they always give me the reminder where it's like, Zarina, like you already know what's going to happen. You already know what the end outcome is. I don't mm-hmm. know why you keep going back. And I need to hear that. But okay. then I also, for me to kind of, to really convince me that I don't need this. Sure. And yeah, so... Well, I don't mind that answer. I don't mind at all. I just think sometimes our our listeners need to understand the context. So that that makes sense to me, and hopefully Mm. it does to our listeners. That's just one piece of advice. You said you had three. What else have you got there? Um, I also had nothing will ever happen as you plan it to. You can't just go from A to Z. Sometimes you've got to go from A to E, then O to P, and then A again, and that's okay. Okay. So is it a perfect world or a non-perfect world that we live in? Definitely a non-perfect world. Do you try to be perfect? Oh, no. <laughs> no. I've... Did you ever? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, what caused this perfection or pursuit of perfection? When I just started to look at my friends who weren't even trying and um, and they were beautiful in their own light and I was like, well, I really want that. I really want to have that effortless beauty that they have. So I just, just stopped trying and I just started to kind of be like, if I just don't wear makeup or things like that, which is a very big thing, um, for girls and especially like girls my age um, and also because I have a very prominent birthmark on my face and often I would kind of put more foundation to kind of even it out so it's not as noticeable and now it's just kind of like no, no one else has a birthmark on their face like nobody else has that um, difference on them so like just embrace it and just let it go and whatever. I'm incredibly disappointed that we don't have a camera in the car right now because just the way the light is falling on your face, and you are a very attractive young lady in many, many different ways. I think more uh, your epivescence, your personality, which comes through very, very strongly, but the birthmark is actually highlighted by the light that falls on your face. Um, I don't have a birthmark. But I have scars and so forth mm. that I'm conscious of, and mm. I also have what I see as imperfections that I'm conscious of. Mm. Can can we talk about the birthmark for a second? Was that a, a a brutal day when you looked in the mirror and you saw this birthmark for the mm. first time when you were old enough to understand that for some people they'd be going, "Whoa, what's different about Serena?" Right. Yeah. Um, I've always grown up with my mum always being like, oh, we can't get rid of your birthmark because how will I know that you're you and how will I pick you out from the crowd? Like, we can't, Mm -hmm. like... And so I was like... um, And so I think it was mainly in high school when people would kind of be like, oh, you don't rub in your foundation well enough or things like that or you have some dirt in your face. But... um, And even my friends were kind of, like, saying that at the time and they would just say those off comments and then I think that's when it started to grow because as a kid, when I was in primary school and stuff, it didn't really bother me that much. It was was just there. And... um, Oh, I don't remember it bothering me. It might have. But especially in high school and high school being the place that it is. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, so can that's... I clarify, if you rub foundation or you put foundation on mm. your face, uh, rub it into that space, 
basically gone. Can't notice it. Uh, no, it's still there, but it's just not as prominent. So it's let, let's just call it a 10 now. So it, it comes down to a 5 or less. Would that be about right? Uh, it would still be like a 7 or 8. Okay. But people kind of look past it because it's not. Okay. Yeah. So you mentioned that you just aren't going for makeup and so forth no. at all anymore. Maybe rare, rare occasion where you choose to um, wear it. Well, I guess that's the point. Mm. It's when you're choosing to wear it, not when everyone else is telling you you should wear it. Is yeah. that fair? Yeah, that's a fair So statement. what was the day like when you said, hey, no more makeup. This is just who I am. This is just the way I'm, I'm walking out the front door today. Um. Liberating, scary. It was very scary, and I remember having my hair down um, for a lot of that time when I didn't wear makeup, mm-hmm. and because I used to have very long hair mm-hmm. up to my waist, and wow. I would kind of just use that as a curtain to kind of like, and sometimes I Is still do that. Is that why you that. grew long hair? Um, I grew long hair because I've always wanted long hair, but it did help to kind of cover that up for me. But um, yeah, it was a very scary thing to go through and a lot of people a lot of my friends were like oh like that's nice like you're not wearing makeup today like you don't need it and like people would always say that to me I'm like yeah you know what I don't really need that I can just get up and just like ruffle my hair a bit now that it's short and just go about my day like I don't need to do anything else because if I wanted someone like at the end of the day to really love me for who I am or to be in a very intimate relationship with that someone I want to be the most genuine realist person that I am from the get-go and not just slowly and unre- like reveal myself and be like, oh, this is who I am. I kind of want to lay my cards on the table and just, that's that. Lay your last part of your cards on the table. You had three pieces yes. of advice. Here comes the last part. Uh, love with all of your might with no expectation of them loving you back or anxiety that you're loving too much. In fact, be a weapon of love. Those who don't give it back, you'll find are those who need it the most makes sense to me is this something you've uh learnt the hard way yes multiple times <laughs> multiple times yes do you still believe in love oh definitely i feel like once you when you go through um so many scenarios all of the one time you either kind of grow cold or grow warm and I don't ever want to grow cold. I don't ever want to lose faith in love or relationships or even like the the traditional weddings or the family. or I don't ever want to lose hope in that because that is a beautiful thing. And I've seen it be a beautiful thing with my friends and stuff and with my own. So, yeah, no, I never want to be cold. <laughs> now, we, we've referenced Nathan in the back seat a few times of the old EJ by the water down here in Williamstown. And I haven't even turned to him to get an understanding of how deep we are into this interview. I'm imagining we're around about 20 minutes, but possibly plus 23 minutes. Oof. That's absolutely fine. <laughs> oh, 13, 33 minutes. Well, that's okay. I'm, no, I'm absolutely fine with it because I think there's a lot of people out there who will enjoy um, this interview, particularly some of these uh, different perspectives that came out of the questions. But I'm actually really keen to understand just who uh, you are. So for the people who are listening, uh, you have been listening to Serena, but just who is Serena? Well, impromptu uh, drum roll off the dash here of the EJ <laughs> Holden. Here we go. Exactly right. Um, My name is Zarina Medayag. I am 19. 19? Yes. Younger than I thought. Oh, how old did you think I was? I thought you were a little bit older. I thought you were in your early 20s. Ah, 
So nice. yeah, early twenties, cool. and yeah. you have an, an Asian appearance. But yes. I already did ask you cheekily what Serena means, and there was a reference to some uh, Russian heritage there. Whether that's just the name or, or yours, can you fill us in a little bit on your heritage if you're interested in doing so? Unfortunately, it's just the name. I'm not half Russian or anything like that. No Russian descendancy, but um, yes. So uh, it's just Russian for Empress, and Mum thought it'd be cool. To name me it, so. And you, your Asian background is what? Filipino. Filipino. Yes. And can I ask, just given the questions we've been talking about, uh, is a Filipino uh, Asian heritage? Uh, does that have a, I guess, a, a traditional sense of wanting to have a, an achievement beyond your parents and mm. studious behaviours and accuracy in the way you're living, or is your family a little bit? Uh, broader than that or is or are those just stereotypes that I've mentioned um they're definitely not well they are stereotypes but they definitely don't stray away from the stereotype mm -hmm. so um my parents in particular are very easygoing people um they're very understanding if I tell them exactly what I'm doing with my life and I'm not and often I can be quite abstract and not really make sense but if I tell my parents like oh this is what I'm doing I'm doing something that's you know, wholesome in my life, like you should be, you know, not too. And they've been very understanding with that as well because recently I've deferred from my course from journalism. So, so you at university studying journalism? I was. Deferred to do? Uh, to just do music and my blog and to kind of explore different things that I might like or might not like. So it was just kind of like a break. Well, our listeners might like to stay in touch with you or keep up the speed with what you're doing. Uh, is there any social media or, or reference to your blog that our listeners can uh, find a way to connect with you? Yes. Uh, so you can search me up on zarinamadag.com. And uh, Instagram is Zarina Madag and my Facebook's Zarina Madag, so it's all Zarina Madag. That's all well and good, but spell it out for us so our <laughs> listeners can take that in. So it's Zarina, C-Z-A-R-I-N-A, -A, last name M-A-D-A-Y-A-G. And if you need to listen to that again, you're going to have to push rewind <laughs> or go a little bit old school and uh, head back into this podcast to take that in again. Just quickly, your blog What's it about? Um, so basically, it's just uh, I try to be uplifting as possible, but it's just um, it's kind of aimed at my age demographic, so like nineteen and up, or mm -hmm. people who are transitioning out of high school into university or into adulthood. So um, it's basically just the lessons that I've learned, but written in like a five hundred word format. <laughs> okay, so strictly five hundred words. Uh, that's what I aim for because. Any more than that, I feel like people lose interest. Okay. Well, we don't want to pe have people lose interest in this podcast. <laughs> no. We have nearly pushed 40 minutes. It's been really, really interesting listening to you, particularly when we started to dig into more about who you are. Yeah. Uh, Serena, it's been a pleasure. I look forward to potentially having a chat with you further. And as was mentioned earlier in this podcast, maybe you'll even appear on the last line of defense Ooh. later on tonight when we head to Mesmer's Cafe and record that. But thank you so much. No worries. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Authentic, the podcast. Whilst we're out of time now, well out of time, we can continue the conversation electronically via Facebook and Instagram where you will find me by searching Glenn Mountain and further material associated with this podcast by searching Authentic. To purchase a copy of my book, Authentic, please head to www.glennmanton.com.au forward slash book. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast via iTunes. 
I look forward to your company. Picks up the pen like Hamilton.